Hi, this is Marta Keene, the Will County Recycling Specialist, and you're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Every sport has been canceled, so men have to just live with themselves. Like, <laughs> I called my friend up. I was like, what, what you been up to, man? He's like, I'm just, I'm just, uh working on me, man. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's, that's great, man. He's like, I realize I got a lot of daddy issues, a lot of, a lot of jealousy in my life. Just pause for another second. He's like, I just want to tell you, I, I love you, man. I, I don't say it enough. And I was like, man, this is a great virus. This is a good virus. We all need this. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, Gardening and Environment Radio, flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees Strong ozone and safe sunshine Well, good planets are hard to find Good planets are in the main This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts Every tree needs a champion Go to Bartlett.com Jet streams, perfect air And here they are Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. Right. Well, let's see. Maybe we're we're on the air. Are you there, Peggy? I'm here. Okay, wonderful. So I'm she not is here. Us on Facebook, but I'm here. No, uh, Randall, are we on Facebook? That's what we're uh, the uh, the question of the day is: Are we actually streaming right now on Facebook? Check. Okay, Okay, there we go. So off to another rousing start. (laughs) Facebook's working from home. And uh, okay. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. (laughs) Exactly. That's why it's radio, by golly. Yeah, and and audio and video and Zoom and whatever. Oh, and you know what? I did not set up seeing this always gets me into trouble in the first segment is because we're operating at home once again. If I don't set up my clock, um, it's uh, I'm going to get uh, burned by uh, when the segment ends. I need to be we'll like keep right on talking, and the commercial will be on. I need to stare <laughs> right. I know that's what happened last week. We just, uh, but there we go. So I can put that uh, up there and the clock. Wait a second. So you got to put them in the right order so that there we go. That the zoom screen over is on top of the clock. Okay. Hi. Thank you for listening, folks. Time to go. That's it. That's all the time we have. Well, as soon as we figure out the technical difficulties, then uh, it's it's the next show that comes right up here. Hey, welcome, folks, to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, uh, week six uh, in exile. And um, and that's OK. Uh, I'm staying safe. And I'm hoping everybody is. Uh, we're hearing a lot of stuff about people not being safe. And I just scratch my head. I just I, I just don't get it, folks. No, nope. the virus doesn't care. If you have a philosophical problem with it, it really doesn't care. So um, just be safe. Just stay away from each other. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. All that stuff. It's 
It's no less important now than it was three weeks ago or four weeks ago. It's more important now because people are getting tired and they're getting lax and they think they can get away with not doing it because, hey, I, I haven't been sick yet. Well, the reason is you, have, you're, you haven't been sick is that you've been washing your hands and staying away from people and wearing a mask. That's the reason. So don't get dumb. All right. It's no, not now's not the time to get dumb. And now by the way, time to get gardening, though. Right. And uh, we are. Uh, oh, boy, we got like 30 seconds. So uh, I will just say happy Earth Day to everybody. Happy Earth Week. That's going on. Uh, I want to remind people to get to the uh, the Earth Day virtual mini film fest from the, uh, the uh, One, Earth film, One Earth film Festival. Thank you. You'll be hearing commercials about that during the course of the show. We have great guests today. We're starting out with Pollinators, the Pollinator Victory Garden. So stick around. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back. We live in challenging times. They can also be challenging times for your trees. Bartlett Tree Experts understands that. And because their number one concern is safety, routine tree work will be paused during the COVID-19 crisis in America. Bartlett's commitment to safety means being prepared and taking the necessary precautions to ensure the health and safety of their employees and their customers. However, even during a stay-at-home order, storms still happen and trees need essential services performed on them. These include storm damage mitigation, hazard tree removal, deadwood removal that may endanger the public, and treatments to trees that, if not made in a timely fashion, could lead to the death of the tree. That's why Bartlett constantly reviews disease control and prevention guidelines to keep its teams and you safe. If you think your tree needs emergency treatment, give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. In a pandemic, the power of we is more important than ever. That's why the One Earth Film Festival is presenting the Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival in partnership with the City of Chicago. See six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film in community online, then discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day with your online environmental friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. This is Peggy Malecki from WCGO. During the COVID outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food and help others receive it. There's the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund, the Greater Chicago Food Depository, My Block, My Hood, My City, and more. Check out Illinois Stewardship Alliance, Chicago Farmers Market Collective, Green City Market, and Naturally Chicago for fresh food sources. There is more out there, so find it. Don't let anyone go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. This is Mike Novak. For weeks, Peggy and I have been talking about how easy it is to support clean energy thanks to Hero Power. And now they're backing that up by offering you $25 off to join the Hero Power Clean Energy Program. You get 100% of your electricity consumption matched with Green E certified renewable energy certificates every time you pay your electric bill. Plus, you'll never pay more than the ComEd rate. You'll know where your money is going without extra costs or 
termination fees. Your bill doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. You still pay the ComEd basic electric rate. Sign up in less than two minutes and Hero Power will handle the rest. Plus, you can get a $25 credit off your first bill when you sign up and mention that you heard about Hero Power on the Mike Novak Show. Support clean energy now at MyHeroPower.com. I switched. You should too. Go to MyHeroPower.com. Once again, we're uh, searching the intertube for all the best coronavirus uh, songs out there, and they just keep adding up. There's so many. Ah, you can bring that out. Bring that out. Take that music out. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malek. You know, you can only stand about 30 seconds of uh, any of these songs. Um, Some of them are really good. What I've realized is that a lot of people really don't know how to do parody. You got to do a parody that scans, and it has to sort of uh, you can't just go with a whole new batch of words. You ha- it has to refer to the old song somehow. I'm going to teach these these kids how to do parodies, uh, although some of them are really, really good. Well, that, we can just send them a, a Weird Al link. Or we could just say to them. What? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. All right, there we go. And we get that on the show here. In fact, we don't have a lot of time. We've got so many guests on today. We got to get right to it. And sitting there on the, the Zoom machine, and she's learning all about Zoom the hard way. <laughs> is uh, Kim? Is it Ironman? Is that how it you is? Ironman, like fireman. Uh, okay, I, I like that. Kim Ironman, and you get a ding there. Uh, who's the founder of Eco Beneficial? Uh, you can find that website if you go to my website, MikeNovak.net. I've got the blog post up there, and you can read all about her new book, The Pollinator, Victory Garden, Win the War on Pollinator Decline <laughs> with Ecological Gardening. Right, and that's, you know, the best. We all have part. one. We all have one. Wait, this Thank is going to be the screenshot. Hey, hold, hold yours up again, Kim, oh, for one on. more second, because this will be the screenshot. Uh, when we uh, uh, Facebook post here, so let's grab it. There we go. And, um, you know, you wrote this before all this nonsense started happening, and yet you must look at the book and, in talking about it, get a resonance with the the COVID 19 crisis we're going into because Mm -hmm. now we're in crisis, but the pollinators were in crisis long before we were. Absolutely. I mean, the, uh, the amount of species loss uh, globally with invertebrates and vertebrates is absolutely astounding and it's getting worse. But the good news is we can actually do something about it in our own landscapes. So mm-hmm. that's why I wrote the book to really encourage people, educate people, give them some simple tips for what they can do at home, at, at their business, um, wherever it might be. Well, what I like about the book uh is that you focus on the insects. Uh, a lot of these books focus on the plants and say, all right, here are the plants you should mm-hmm. be putting in. And that's not a bad, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Um, but in this case, you're explaining why. Uh, right. Because you, you say, 
okay, here are the insects mostly, you know, and you, and, and of course you mentioned that it's not just bees that are pollinators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are wasps that are pollinators. There are flies. Mosquitoes could be pollinators. Flies. Beetles. Things. Um, you know, even human beings are pollinators to some yeah. extent. There's although. a lot of hand pollination that occurs in places like Japan where they've lost so many pollinators, they actually have to hand pollinate with feathers. I but, know. I've, I've yeah. heard about that. In yeah. China, they do that too, don't yeah. they? Um, and, and, you know, just to mention, so there are um, some regional plant lists that are on my website and as addendum to the uh, book because mm -hmm. it's very tough to tell you in Chicago or somebody in California and you in New York and you in the Southwest, um, the same plant palette doesn't make sense. So yeah. I've included a lot of regional information uh, online as an addendum. I love your addendum, uh, addenda. You've got all kinds of stuff here. I, uh, I love the, the book reading list. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's a good one, right? There are a lot of great <laughs> resources out there. And one of the things I've found lately in interviewing various folks and who've written books like this, um, I'll tell you, Doug Tallamy was on the show uh, recently. And if you go to the back of his book, he recaps everything he did. Yeah, you yeah. do the same thing yeah, in the yeah. book uh, in sure. your appendix. And he's one of my personal heroes, by the way. Uh, he should be, yeah, <laughs> and, he's, and he's I can tell. Amazing guy. It it uh, he is. He has started a whole new area of research, yeah. um, and uh, this is now going on a dozen years. Yeah, yeah. and um, it had it changed the way I look at gardening. <laughs> And I'm I'm a I'm a disciple. Now I go out and try yeah, to get that yeah. information out yeah, to everybody. Yeah. So in your appendix, uh, which is the back of the book, you could start at the back of the book and then go back through the book and sure. find out more about this. You've got ten tips for a mm -hmm. thriving pollinator victory garden. Um, let me go through those really quick, and then we'll grab a. Okay. Uh, we can't do all of them, uh, but one is plant for succession of bloom throughout yes. the growing season. Two, skip double flowered plants. Yep. They have little and sometimes no nectar or pollen. I think a lot of people will be surprised by yep. that. Uh, three, emphasize native plants to support native pollinators in your ecosystem. Four, don't forget to include flowering trees, shrubs, and vines. Pollinators need them. Five, plant a diverse array of plants with different flower shapes, sizes, and colors. Six, create floral targets for pollinators. Seven, provide nesting sites for pollinators in your landscape. Eight, eliminate pesticides from your garden, also very important. Nine, reduce or eliminate your lawn. This is, we, I like that one. We're yeah. hammering that home every day on this show. I call it uh, the green desert. Uh, and 10, <laughs> add a pollinator habit sign. Yeah, habitat sign, yep. Why is that so important? The, the sign itself? Well, I think sometimes when we garden differently, it's helpful for neighbors and friends and family to explain why we're doing it differently. Um, maybe we're leaving our perennials up um, over winter in the off season, which is something you should do, because there's actually some really great habitat there. And also, of course, seed sources for things like birds, etc. But um, it just clues people in. Also, um, might encourage other folks to do the same thing. So we have a big movement here in the Northeast, uh, the pollinator pathway movement, where people are actually uh, organizing in communities, in municipalities, and putting their landscapes on the map. And we're trying to create that connectivity from one landscape to another, to another, to another, to increase resources for pollinators and reduce mortality. And that's that's a Doug Tallamy thing too, which mm -hmm. is the pollinator and natural habitat corridors right. that we ha we have to connect right. all the, I mean, it's, sure. it's great to do this in your own backyard 
but somehow it's got to get connected Bigger to every picture. Yep. And, I, and I think you might appreciate this. Loans are a soul crushing time suck. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I get a lot of uh, uh, questions from uh, potential clients about how can you help me with my lawn? I said that my recommendation is we remove as much as possible. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah. Our, our, slogan, our slogan here on the Mike Novak Show is when in doubt, rip it out. There you go. Uh, when it comes to lawn. And, and it's true. I mean, you show these pictures. Of, and unfortunately, you and I and Peggy and people like us are sometimes we feel like salmon swimming upstream when we're trying to talk to people about their lawns because they say, but it's pretty. Well, yeah, there's a, there's an aesthetic to it, but it's an artificial aesthetic. I mean, yes, human beings like art and they love their, their, their aesthetic, but unfortunately it's killing our pollinators. It's eliminating their habitat, isn't it? It's a cultural, you know, adaptation that we made from Europe that, people don't even realize why they have a lot. It's just because everybody else does. Yeah. So kind of getting past that mindset is really important, but it can be daunting to have a client rip everything out. So what I suggest is start small. For example, start with a pollinator island, designate an area within your lawn that's going to become a place that you plant perennials, even maybe shrubs and trees, depending on the size of the island. But make it achievable and put it in a place where you're going to see it every day. So if you do a lot of cooking out out the kitchen window, um, perhaps in your front yard, when you walk out every day, you can see it. And uh, once you see all the pollinators that come then you're going to get the motivation to do this even on a greater scale. Uh, I'll go ahead, Peggy. So Kim, in a year like this, when plants are hard to find because everybody is suddenly gardening, um, what would you suggest for people who want to get started? Sure. So I'm a big supporter of local, local, and local. And if you can find a native plant nursery in your area, and there are many throughout the United States and many more that are starting up, some sadly have started up this year and really struggling, support them. Many, ah. of, these, many of these nurseries are um, actually doing a contactless delivery or a pickup where you can order plants and pick them up. Please support them. Um, I'm not a big fan of buying plants at a big box store um, for many reasons. Um, One of which is you don't know how they've been grown um, and what's been sprayed on them. But uh, if you can find a good native plant nursery, particularly ones that are uh, growing from seed for that genetic diversity that's so crucial to our environment, especially in the face of climate change, be prepared to pay a premium for those plants and do it happily. The same way when you go to a farmer's market and you're looking for that special heirloom tomato that's grown organically and you're going to pay more, think about plants that way too. And support these local nurseries because, boy, it's a tough job growing plants and the margins are really thin and they need our help and they need our support. And uh, we're going to be talking about that later in this hour about what's going on in Illinois right now. It's Oh boy, uh, the uh, with the lockdown and and mm-hmm. nurseries trying to exist with just having deliveries yeah. uh, and and pick up, but mm-hmm. some box stores are taking advantage of that mm-hmm. and they're allowing people to wander into the store and because mm-hmm. they're hardware stores. That's yeah. probably how they're classifying themselves. Well, yeah, and they yeah. don't block off those areas, right. so right. it's it's not fair. By the way, before we run out of time, I want to make sure that people know about eco beneficial and as a matter of fact if you go to my uh website and uh you click on the book title it'll take you to ecobeneficial.com what's that all about 
So my company is a horticulture communications and consulting company, and my website is set up to educate and inform and actually inspire folks to landscape, to garden a little bit differently. I have a ton of information. I have uh, blog posts. I have video tips. I actually do a podcast series, too. Um, there's a ton of information. I have a special page. If you go to ecobeneficial.com slash PVG for Pollinator Victory Garden, you see a whole bunch of resources in addition to what you'll read in my book. Uh, and to get to some of these tips and we can't get through the whole life cycle of, of bees. And, uh, mm-hmm. although, um, let me just say that this book and we'll hold it up again. So people can <laughs> Here see. We go. Uh, I love the fact that it's so much easier on these cameras at home than at the studio <laughs> to see the book titles. Yes. Um, it, it'll serve as a primer. And mm-hmm. yes, it's a, a primer, not a primer. Primer is what you put on your walls with paint, but a primer is what you <laughs> use to educate yourself. <laughs> Um, and, um, this is, is a great primer for people who are not familiar with why, uh, pollinators are so important. So I would say, pick this up, going to learn a ton and it's going to make you want to go out and change your yard. So, uh, tell me just a, a, a little bit about doing that research. Sure. Um, in terms of me doing the research for the book or? Well, you know, in terms of pollinators, uh, the, the focus on the insects and the animals themselves uh, right. rather than. So my, my book really is an introduction to the many different kinds of pollinators, the ones that you'll likely see and what their needs are, um, both in terms of habitat, because we have to give these guys a place to live. Just having a floral buffet isn't enough. We actually have to think about where they live and where they overwinter. So um, I discuss all the different uh, types of pollinators and then the best practices for any garden, no matter where you are in the United States or frankly, uh, globally, um, the best practices for how to do it. And then to get into the nitty gritty of plants for your particular region, I do have some plant lists in the back of the book, but I really encourage folks, visit the website, look at the regional plant list information, and please join your native plant society wherever you are, both in the U.S. and and, uh, internationally. There are many of these organizations that are very inexpensive to join and have a plethora of uh, good information that will help you. And and let me thank you for putting in that little bit about butterfly Mm -hmm. bush. People think butterfly bush. Oh, yeah. I call it uh, butterfly bush not. Not exactly. So, you have like a, to explain that? Say, you gotta no. We really don't have time. We're okay. gonna lose it. And, read and, the book. You gotta read the book. Yeah, we we do book. have a couple of listeners who say they know what they're getting their daughters for Mother's Day. Fantastic. We'll see. All right. You get on right and get the book right well, now. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. And you can get it wherever fine books are sold. Uh, I I wish we had more time to talk about this, but this show is jam packed. And I I'm going to just tell people pick up the Pollinator Victory Garden. It's like the other Victory Gardens. You're, it's not the food Victory Garden. We didn't even get into the idea of how do you uh, plant food and have natives at the same time. Right, and that's important. You'll get more cross pollination that way and better yield. Uh, Kim Ironman, thank you. She's from Eco Beneficial. Go to my website, MikeNovak.net, to find information about the Pollinator Victory Garden. And much luck to you. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Mike Novak Show <laughs> with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. As you plant your garden this spring, you may want to consider ways to support bumblebees. Sarah Fultz-Jordan is Senior Pollinator Conservation Specialist at the Xerces Society. She calls bumblebees the teddy bears of the bee world. Cute, fuzzy, big enough that you can recognize them. But she says they face many threats, including habitat loss, disease, pesticides, and climate change. 
Bumblebees are kind of a northern, cold-loving group of insects, so their diversity actually increases with latitude, which is unusual. Rising temperatures can stress the bees, and erratic spring weather may prompt them to emerge when the flowers they depend on are not in bloom. In 2017, the rusty patch bumblebee became the first bumblebee to be listed as endangered in the U.S. Once common in the Northeast and Midwest, its populations have declined by about 90 percent. But Jordan says gardeners in those regions can help. By simply planting native flowers, trying to make sure you have flowers blooming from spring through fall because the bee is active that whole time, and protecting that habitat from pesticides. This is an endangered species that we're dealing with that we, everyday people, have the opportunity to do something meaningful for. And that's the bee's knees. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Small food operations of all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets, are going through uncertain times. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has just launched a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy. Farmers, here's your chance to get the word out to our loyal, committed listeners in difficult times. Write to Mike at MikeNovak.net for more information. We'll tell you how we can help you market your products. Let's help each other out. That's Mike at M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. Hi, y'all. I'm Pamela Pepkin, and you're about to do Pamela Pepkin's Quarantine Workout. Wash your hands. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Woo! That's great, y'all. Boy, I'm, a, I'm exhausted. All right. <laughs> dry those suckers off. Hey, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Woo! And make sure you get them. Wash your hands, as they say, as get if your nails, as if you you had just been handled jalapeno peppers, and you're about to change your contact lenses. Okay, oh. this this is how you do that. Um, on the uh, on the Zoom machine, we're, we're we're lurching from one guest to another on today's program, but we're happy to lurch to Ty Benefiel, uh, who is the co-founder of Hero Power and. They get a ding because, uh, in full disclosure, they are a sponsor of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. But, you know, I'm going to let people know that they can go to myheropower.com if you're in Illinois and you can sign up uh, and get your power, your electric, uh, at this. If you're a, a ComEd customer, it's just for ComEd, right, uh, Ty? Right, correct. If, uh, yep. And you can get your. Uh, your power at the same rate as ComEd, you're not being charged anything more, but the bonus is you're getting clean energy. And I switched, Peggy switched, uh, and uh, I'm very happy about it. I got to tell you, uh, Ty, one of the things, it's not just you guys, not just because I switched, because I've been doing other things. We had our house insulated the last few months. We got it done just before the COVID-19 thing hit. So my and I wrote to you, and, and you might have seen it, that my uh, my cost in the last four months has gone down from $113 a month to 34 Wow. Fantastic. It's unbelievable. And it has to do with efficiency. Yeah. That's important for folks. Get your home insulated. Um, Ron Calgill from Mighty House will tell you it's not just about the windows. The window guys are going to tell you it's all about the windows. It's not. It's not. 
uh, it's the insulation in your attic, it's the insulation in your walls, it's all, it's the, the air circulation through the house and the cracks that you're filling. Don't buy the into holes the up in the ceiling. Yeah, don't buy into, into the idea that it's just the windows because it ain't. But, and that's part of what you're about, but you're also an energy company uh, uh, that is trying to get people to be smarter and cleaner. And that leads us to what's going on with COVID-19. It's a scary time, not just for people hunkered down in their homes, but for environmental programs. Peggy and I started talking about this on the show last week, about some of the, the environmental programs being gutted. And you've been paying attention to that too, haven't you, Ty? Yeah, very much so. Um, so as you as you have, I'm sure, seen, if you're paying attention to kind of what's going on at the federal level, um, basically what the Trump administration, the EPA is doing right now, are they're trying to roll back a lot of the environmental regulations that were put in place mostly in during the Obama administration to protect the, you know, the health and the environment. Um, such things as the, um, the uh, mercury standards um, rolling back, you know, how, how um, these uh, uh, electricity companies, when they're burning uh, carbon, they're they're also polluting the air with with mercury and all kinds of toxins. Rolling back fuel efficiency standards uh, to make it more difficult for uh, more expensive for consumers when they're buying a car um, to you know to fuel that car. Um, all all types of things that uh, the federal administration is doing right now to roll back things that really are you know highlighted right now by the current pandemic. Uh, so much of the underlying diseases that make COVID-19 so dangerous to people are a result of the pollution that's been in the air for so long. There was a, a Harvard study that came out just last week that showed a strong correlation between air pollution levels and the death rates in certain areas. So basically, the more polluted an area was, um, whether that's from uh, you know the, the smokestacks, the coal pollution, or you know the um, pollution from uh, highways, the cars that are that are driven there, um, the more likely the the people are in that community to die of of COVID nineteen. And they're actually using this study now to predict which parts of the country and it, actually which countries are going to need the most ventilators. Uh, because they can now predict basically which areas are going to get hit hardest by COVID-19 because they know what the existing pollution levels are. So, you know, it's this is this is not the time to be rolling back environmental environmental regulations that are keeping you know the air clean. Uh, when in fact we should be doing the exact opposite. We should be putting more regulations into place to get more clean energy produced and stop polluting the air. Well, one of the things that we talked about last week on the show um, is folks going outside now. And, and I've noticed it, you've noticed it. Uh, you see f pictures from all over the world where you can see blue skies. You can see horizons now. People in, in India can see the Himalayas off 30 miles in the distance, which they haven't been able to do. And I'm sorry, not uh, 30 miles, but like a hundred miles off yeah. in the yeah. distance, which they haven't well, been able to LA's do for years. Right, and, and we're all looking at this and nobody wants industry to be shut down forever. Uh, but this is a lesson somehow that look at what we're capable of if we get smart. Right. Yeah, it's it's a sad thing because, you know, it shouldn't take a pandemic to get to allow, you know, 
the world to have clean air. It's sad that the status quo before this was polluting to levels where yeah, people couldn't breathe, where you couldn't see in the distance. I mean, the World Health Organization, World Health Organization estimate, estimates that 4 million people die every year as a direct result of air pollution. And what's going to happen is if we don't do anything right now to prepare uh, ourselves, to prepare the economy for a cleaner energy future, when, we, when this all ends and we kind of go back to normal, all those industries are going to ramp back up. They're going to try to, you know, they're going to try to make up for some lost time. Yeah. So yeah. we are going to see even worse levels of pollution after this, after this quarantining. And again, if we don't do anything about it, it's just going to be, we're going to, the skies are going to be polluted again. People's you know, respiratory systems are going to be impacted again. And we've got to be making steps toward a cleaner future, yeah. not rolling back. And I'm wondering if it might even be worse, in addition to the rolling back the regulations, the lack of funding now for solar right. and for right. clean energy and, and the lack of interest in electric vehicles at this point. Yeah. So the, the clean energy industry actually has lost about 100,000 jobs as a result of the, the, the coronavirus, um, the quarantining. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, the, the really sad part of this is we had such great momentum. Uh, renewable energy generation was growing significantly year over year. It's grown over 100% in the last decade. And this year, as a result of uh, quarantining, the residential solar installations are expected to drop by 40%. So because, you know, you can't have so much of residential solar installations are meeting the, you know, the homeowners at the kitchen table to discuss with them exactly what the project looks like. That can't be done anymore. Um, You know, we're trying to do things over Zoom and things like that, but it's really hitting this industry hard. And Unfortunately, the current administration just isn't interested in helping this industry out uh, like they are helping out the oil and gas industries. Um, you know, you see their executives fly into the White House to have private meetings with the president um, when they have, you know, inter- multinational corporations, huge, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of employees. They're trying to get the same kind of small business bailouts as uh, residential, you know, and smaller solar companies that truly need this. And, you know, we must, we must do our part to support these renewable energy companies that are working toward a better future, because right now they don't have the support of the, of the administration. Uh, We just have about a minute left here. Um, You talk about this, of course, on the climatepod.com, which give that man a ding. Uh, He does his his own podcast. He's competing with us, but you know, I'll, I'll let it go for now. I'll just, I'll let it go. Um, But very, in like 45 seconds, what can your business do? What are you trying to do uh, as we get out of this uh, quarantine? Sure. Yeah. Hero Power has made it possible uh, for anyone in Illinois to support renewable electricity Every time they pay their electricity bill and not pay any more for it, you, both Mike and Peggy have joined Hero Power, which we absolutely love and so appreciative that you that you did. Um, basically, in less than two minutes, you can join Hero Power. One hundred percent of your electricity consumption gets matched by renewable energy certificates. That means your money goes toward a wind farm, um, and you don't have to pay any more for it. It's the exact same rate as ComEd, and we know that people right now are trying to you know, find ways to save money. And that's why we have 
made it possible. We'll take $25 off your first bill. Um, so you'll get a $25 credit on that first electricity bill after you join Hero Power. Um, if you join Hero Power at, at myheropower.com. Let's leave it at that. Perfectly. Go to myheropower.com, sign up. Ty Benefield, thank you so much. It's great talking to you again. Good luck with the energy. We all need it. <laughs> thank we'll you so much. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. There's a new urgency for people to grow their own food. And thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000-plus-hour minimum lifespan, and they're made in America. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. The world has changed. A year ago, you were growing food because it was fun. Now it's important. That's why you need Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights. Thanks to the best science, the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They're versatile, they're elegant, they have a five-year warranty, and they're made in America. Peggy and I are huge fans. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase. Go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. This is Peggy Malecki from the Smart Talk Radio Network. One of the best ways to help out during the COVID-19 crisis is to donate blood. It doesn't cost you anything but your time, and the good it will do is immeasurable. Right now, fewer people than ever are able to donate, which makes the need for blood greater than ever. Can you spare an hour? Contact the American Red Cross today to schedule an appointment. Go to redcross.org. From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. You can help celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day from the comfort and safety of your own home. The One Earth Film Festival is putting the power of we online, and it's free. The Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival, in partnership with the City of Chicago, features six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film and community online, but discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate Earth Day with your friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. More than ever, Chicagoans are looking for trusted resources to help them lead a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings, still Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach people that support this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our readers are truly committed to improving their health, leading greener lives, and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, organic foods, health products, relaxation options, fitness and yoga classes, green landscapers, energy efficiency experts, and more. Our readers pick up their free copies of Natural Awakenings each month, or they read it on our website because they know it's our area's best source for reliable information about healthy green living. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more and check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. 
but what for? There's only food on the A lot of us don't get around much anymore. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Before we get to our next guest, we are pleased here at the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki to announce that we've added another small farm to keep eating healthy. That's our campaign. A backyard patch herbs, and they get a ding here, are grown locally in Addison, Illinois. You might remember that uh, we had Marcia on the show a few weeks ago. Marcia Lautanen Raleigh. Um, and uh, these she has dried herbs that have been turned into cooking blends, herbal teas, and herb-flavored soup and bread mixes. There's no gluten, no salt, no preservatives. The herbs are grown chemical-free, and they even provide recipes and other information on their website. Take advantage of Backyard Patch Herbs because they're part of the Keep Eating Healthy campaign. Now, another farm we have on board is Cedar Valley. Sustainable Farm CSA, and I just got a pickup from them earlier in the week, and they're doing it safely. They had the masks on and the social distancing. Good for them. Like a lot of farms, they're adapting on the fly to meet the demands of the COVID-19 emergency, including online orders a la carte. If you have a CSA, there's no charge for additions. Now, for non-members, there's a $5 delivery charge on orders under $50. However, orders over $50 are getting free safe delivery nice. so good for them yes and another great farm is a prairie fruits farm and creamery with a herd of about 75 milking does and they just are just got some goat cheese in this past week from them did you really yes i did okay fantastic they make seasonal artisan goat cheeses and goat milk gelato their goats are pastured and the farm is certified animal welfare approved by a greener world they even have a stay-at-home gourmet survival kit keep on the keep eating uh or click on sorry click on the keep eating healthy logo at mikenovak.net to order from all of these great operations help us support them why they support us go to mikenovak.net for more details welcome back to the mike novak show with peggy malecki we're very pleased it was a very short time we had here but i got a phone call the other day from a guy that i haven't seen in a while um, but he runs a wonderful garden center in Sycamore, Illinois. His name is Joel Barczyk, or do you, how do you pronounce your last name? But that's the Polish way to pronounce it, right, Joel? That's correct. It'd be like Tom Zach or Barzak, the same way as a football player. Barczyk. It would be Barczyk, but Barzak. Okay, we'll go with Barzak. Um, and he's the Barczak. owner, co-owner of Bloom and Gardens in Sycamore. I've been there, I've spoken there. Uh, what a wonderful place. It's a destination. Uh, if you're headed about 60 miles west of Chicago as the crow flies, um, you need to stop in. Um, and Joel called me the other day and he said, hey, there's something weird going on. As you know, in Illinois, there's the stay-at-home order and certain businesses have been dis- declared essential, including garden centers. However, the garden centers need to have people uh, order online, do a pickup, uh, or delivery. Uh, am I right about that, Joel? Uh, yes, that's correct. Um, and what you're saying is, and this is controversial because in other states like uh, Michigan, there's been some problems uh, because the governor has even declared nurseries uh, non-essential. Uh, and, you know, everybody in the world like us, we're saying, hey, get out and garden during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, and in Illinois, it's kind of a mixed bag because you're, you've been forced to 
to do this by uh, email or online rather and and delivery and pickup. But you're saying sometimes uh, the big box stores are getting away with murder here. Uh, yes, not not sometimes. Um, actually, I I have video. I, I can't even look at it anymore. It makes me sick. Uh, go to Lowe's. Go to Home Depot. Go to Menards. And they're conducting business as if nothing's happened. And it's putting the small independent garden centers like yourself, the law-abiding, um, at a severe disadvantage. Um, we are honoring the pickup and delivery only. And um, when you go to Lowe's, I mean, it's, people are leaving with carts full of plants. Uh, I've been calling the Department of Commerce. I've called my local police. Um, that, that's one issue of this, obviously, is the um, uh, illegalness of them. But also, in the bigger picture, uh, where do garden centers fit in? There are 32 states that say that garden centers are essential and have full access. Illinois is not. And that's, that, I believe, is the number one topic, to allow garden centers to be open for regular consumption, regular shopping, safe shopping. States, just like at your other essential shopping uh, sites when you go to the grocery store, good uh, spacing, wearing of masks, you know, just good safety precautions. But the less, please be open, Mr. Governor. That, that's my biggest uh, message. And then number two, to level the playing field so that all garden centers, big or small, big box or small, can operate legally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I understand that because uh, this this is tough on you guys, but it's especially tough if you got a box store and people are wandering in the box store and they say, "Oh, hey, we'll go out into the garden area." It's not roped off. It's not closed off. The big sliding glass doors are not closed. They're wandering around in there, but then they're telling you the state's saying, "But you can't be open because you're just a garden center." And, and as Peggy and I always talk about on this show, we're always saying support your local independent garden center. Well, right now you're getting the raw end of the deal. Um, and uh, that that doesn't seem very fair. So you want to talk to the legislators and the governor about this, I imagine. That's correct. In fact, I spoke to my legislator, uh, Jeff Tyker, for DeKalb and part of Kane County. And I saw him yesterday. I've had continuing conversations. He's saying that it could be within days. He doesn't know for certain, but they're getting a lot of pressure um, on this topic. They are looking, talking about lifting this ban, but we haven't seen it. And here's a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. I would love to be open. I'd love to have all our, our gardening friends come to us and visit with us and catch up on old times and how we all made it through the winter. And we're, we're shut down in essence. So yeah, and of course, it's a great day, and um, I just wish we were open. Yeah, and I would say you you can do it safe. Gardens are mainly outdoor areas. You could even close the inside of the store and just say, "All right, you're you're welcome to to shop at a safe distance from each other with a mask on outside," and you can control that. It doesn't seem fair that a business like yours, which Many, you know, a lot of business, we lost a lot of businesses after 2008 and the recession week, the same thing could happen. This is when you're making the most of your money and working with the most of your inventory. It's spring. So uh, we we just have a few seconds left. Joel, just give me a few seconds here about uh, what's your next step other than talking to legislators. Just keep hammering this home and letting people know about it, I imagine. Yes, I I spoke at our county board 
talking to you, newspaper articles. I've reached out to John Cass, the Tribune writer, uh, Isaac Gardner, uh, television stations. We try to correct this wrong. It's this wrong and publicity and people getting on the phone and calling their legislators, getting on the email to contact their governor. All right, that's all the time we have. I told you to be fast. Thanks so much, Gerald Barzak. Uh, uh, for folks on the network, go green or go home. Captain's log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me music. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And I don't know if you heard our former president there, but he's uh, he's still out there letting us know that. This is not normal. Okay, it's not normal. Not normal. Not That's normal all. at all. all. And, and, uh, and one of the things that's not normal, I can't tell you how busy... Uh, uh, I am these days trying to book the show and it seems like every 10 seconds I get a call from somebody who says, you got to do something like, and, and I appreciate it. It's great. We need uh, three hours, not two. I, we, we, at least three <laughs> hours to do what we got to do. I wish I could afford three hours. Um, uh, getting back to Joel Barzak though, uh, from Blooming Gardens in Sycamore, Illinois. Uh, we got a, a nice note from Scott Stewart from uh he said bring the illinois landscape contractors association into the big box store conversation if this is impacting one nursery it is impacting all of them ilca has a good line to the springfield of course they do and they should be part of this conversation as a matter of fact i'm kind of surprised that joel and i didn't get in i'm sure he's a member of the ilca um it needs to be fair it's not fair right now i mean the box stores can sell plants and have people wander in there and the independent garden centers cannot uh, we need to fix that. This is, uh, it's the wild West out there. Peggy, you were talking about a garden center. You got an, uh, an email from, and there they've got something going and they say people can come in and then other garden centers we get say, uh, it's just delivery and pickup. Mm-hmm. So what the heck? Yeah. No you know? one knows. So, so if you're going to do this, make sure that you you do it across the board for everybody. All right. Don't let the big box stores get away with stuff that the independent garden centers can't keep up with. So that's all I'm saying about that. Okay. 
Uh, real quick, it's uh, Welcome to Earth Day week. I hope you find a way to celebrate. One way you can do that is go to the Earth Day Virtual Mini Film Fest. Again, uh, you just go to oneearthfilmfest.org and you can watch movies for free this week. Environmental films, they've opened it up. They've teamed with the city of Chicago. Um, it's a great opportunity to get some free entertainment that's also smart entertainment and you're hearing about it on the show i just wanted to give an extra plug mm -hmm. here and i also really now uh, uh very quickly rather <laughs> trying to talk too fast <laughs> my brain is way so far ahead of my mouth uh let's bring in sean ruane brand new executive director for advocates for urban agriculture let's give them a ding um, because they've got a program for farmers uh, to help them out uh, in this time of need. As you know, we're doing the Keep Eating Healthy campaign on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. But, uh, Sean, it's a pleasure to meet you, even though it's uh, only online right now. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Peggy. It's a pleasure to meet you as well uh, virtually, and I look forward to meeting you in person sometime soon. Yeah, we're going to have you on the show real soon. I know you wanted to get this in quickly. Uh, and in yeah. the next few weeks, I want to just sit down with you in a real uh, lengthy conversation about advocates for urban agriculture. So tell me about this. You got like uh, a minute or two to get this out. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, so a few weeks back, uh, Advocates for Urban Agriculture launched the COVID-19 Farmer Support Grant. Um, and that really came out of having conversations over the course of a few weeks with local growers and food producers, hearing about their needs and kind of uh, discerning ways that us as an organization could help to support them. Um, we heard far farmers talking about the loss of labor, uh, the importance of making market adaptations if they're losing you know, sales due to restaurant and markets closing down, and the need for extra finances to support either income or PPE or food and farm safety supplies, kind of things in those categories. So, um, you know, kind of putting our heads together as a team and figuring out how we could best support, uh, we decided to launch this grant opportunity. Okay, um, I'm going I'm to basically... tell you what, Sean, hang on right there. We're yeah. going to be right back. Stay on the phone. Stay on the phone. We're going to be right back okay. with you with Sean Ruane from Advocates for Urban Agriculture. Do you know that some kinds of landscaping services are considered essential? even during this time of stay-at-home orders to prevent the spread of coronavirus? Bartlett Tree Experts knows that, and they will be there when your trees need help. With spring storms still a real threat, you might need to have damaged trees or limbs removed at a moment's notice. It's a matter of safety for you, your family, and the public. In addition, what if your tree, possibly an ash tree, needs its scheduled treatment to fight off emerald ash borer or other pests? The good news is that outdoor landscaping provides an opportunity for good social distancing. And Bartlett's teams have all of the resources they need to employ safe operating procedures. After all, safety has always been the linchpin of Bartlett tree experts, and that's not going to change now. So if you think your tree needs emergency treatment, even during this crisis, give the folks at Bartlett tree experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. This is Peggy Malecki from the Smart Talk Radio Network. During the coronavirus outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food or help others receive it. 
donate money or goods to your local community food bank, support a local farm, or buy a CSA share. Go to feedingamerica.org or ampleharvest.org or mealsonwheelsamerica.org. There's so much to do and so many ways to do it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. This is an American Red Cross blood donation alert. We are currently facing a severe blood shortage during this coronavirus outbreak. Healthy blood and platelet donors are asked to make an appointment to give now. Donating blood is safe and can help save lives. Cancer patients, accident victims, and so many others continue to need life-saving blood. Please schedule your appointment now by visiting redcrossblood.org or by calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. You can make a difference. There's a new urgency for people to grow their own food, and thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000-plus-hour minimum lifespan, and they're made in America. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase, and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. In a pandemic, the power of we is more important than ever. That's why the One Earth Film Festival is presenting the Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival in partnership with the City of Chicago. See six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film in community online, then discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day with your online environmental friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. Small food operations of all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets are going through uncertain times. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has just launched a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy, which features local food providers. Here's your chance to help our small farmers and their employees get through difficult times. Write to Mike at MikeNovak.net for more information. And you listeners, buy healthy, nutritious products from these local outlets. Let's help each other out. That's Mike at MikeNovak.net. And then the music goes. There must be 50 ways to catch Corona. (laughs) 50 ways to catch Corona. You just go out to eat. And they are? Hang out at the pub, but hands don't need to be clean, Gene. Hey, just listen to me. Breathe in the sneeze, Louise. Don't worry about that moist breeze. Just touch on your face, Grace. Share a ciggy with me. Okay, there are 50 ways to catch Corona, and they're all in the song. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, We're going to move on to our next segment, but before we do, we still have Sean Ruane, the brand spanking new executive director of Advocates for Urban Agriculture. He's still on the phone, and as I told him before, he's going to be severely overworked and underpaid in that position. But he said, you're used to it, aren't you, Sean? Yeah, I come from an education background, so that's uh, that's the name of the game in education. So I'm I'm up to the challenge. Fantastic. All right. So you started to explain before we had to break uh, about farmers in trouble in you know throughout the the country. Certainly in the Midwest, you're trying to help them. And what is advocates for advo- ad- <laughs> advocates for urban agriculture doing? Yeah. So a few weeks back, uh, we announced. Uh, in partnership with Food Land Opportunity and Slow Food Chicago, the COVID-19 Farmer Support Grant. 
And so uh, this grant opportunity is available to farm businesses from the Chicagoland area. So that includes Cook, Lake, McHenry, DuPage, Kane, Kendall, Grundy, Will, and Kentucky counties. Um, and so farm businesses who apply for this grant are eligible to receive between $500 to $1,000 grants to use for farm supplies, farmer income support, food safety initiatives, labor support, or market adaptations. Uh, the great thing about this grant is that we're trying to move it on a very quick timeline. So the application, although it's only been open for a few weeks, it closes tomorrow at midnight. Grants will be reviewed immediately by a committee of diverse uh, a diverse group of Chicagoland food producers um, who we've put together, and then determination letters will be sent out by May 1st so that we can get grant funds to eligible farm businesses by the first or second week of May. Um, so yeah. again, the, the application does close to midnight at, uh, by midnight, so there's still a chance for farm business in those counties to apply if, they, if this could provide some additional support. So what you're saying is they have all day tomorrow, to, all day today, all day tomorrow to get their grant application in? All day today, all day tomorrow. Uh, the application is pretty simple. You can visit our website, www.auachicago.org, um, or go directly to auachicago.org backslash farmer support grant to access the application. And it's, it's we've tried to kind of really make it a simple one um, so that people feel encouraged to apply. Well, uh, let's get the word out to our administrative assistants, uh, Kayla and Hannah. Get that posted right away that folks can go to auachicago.org and look for the farmers. There's a link there for the farmer's grant. Um, and, uh, you know, $500 and $1,000 doesn't sound like a lot of money. At this time, it's a lot mm -hmm. of money. And it's, it's, it'll help yeah. keep some small farmers in business. Just paying a bill here or there can make all the difference in the world. So, Sean, thank you for coming on the show and letting us know about that. I think it's really important, and we will get the word out on our social media. And as I mentioned before, uh, the three of us will talk again very soon about mm -hmm. your work at Advocates for Urban Agriculture. Great. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thanks, Peggy. Thanks for fitting me in, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Great. You Thanks, too. Enjoy, enjoy a beautiful Sunday. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you as well. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Uh, welcome back to the show. Okay, that that intruded a little bit on this. We've got so much on this show, but boy, we have a couple of great guests uh, on the phone right now. Actually, on the Zoom. You're not on the phone. These folks are on, on the Zoom machine, and I can see that Tom Zaki has joined us as well. He's waving from um, his cave. He's got something on the ceiling. I want to I'm find not... out what's on the ceiling there, Tom. What's on the oh, ceiling there, Tom? Well, I'm in, uh, we have a lot of fun at, at, at my home. So I'm in uh, <laughs> what we sort of call our wizard library. It's in my office here, but also like a guest ah. room. And so everything is made as if you saw a, I would say a wizard in the forest at night in his library. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. uh, you're a techno <laughs> wizard. That's what you are, though. <laughs> Actually, oh, you get a lot of likes on Facebook for that, too. He's the wizard of reuse is what he is. He's the founder and CEO of TerraCycle, uh, which you've heard about on this show before. Uh, Tom has been here before. And, and also they have a new program called Loop which I will have him explain in just a second. But now I want to go over to the other screen and talk to Marta Keene real quick and introduce her. She's re Recycling Program Specialist for Will County, Illinois. For those of you listening in uh, other parts of the country, that's just outside of Chicago. But um, you have also been 
well, you are right now on the Illinois Recycling Association board. Uh, full disclosure, I was there a couple of years ago, and um, and of course they're advancing recycling in the state of Illinois. But you're also uh, chair of the Illinois Product Stewardship Council. Uh, so welcome, Marta. It's good to see you yes. again. Well, thanks, and a big admirer of TerraCycle. Talk about uh, thank you so much all the time <laughs> since your days of of worm composting <laughs> oh man that is a, that is a throwback but absolutely wow <laughs> i know see this is why marta's here with you tom because she knows the history she's been there she's done this um and she's old <laughs> uh, well but tom's not and uh and that's our future right there uh let's yes. explain very quickly um, and this is not just your general conversation about recycling, but, you know, it's taken us into COVID-19 and what's going on with recycling now, which is, might not be a pretty picture at the moment. But before we get there, Tom, explain what, well, TerraCycle basically can, you guys have taken recycling to uh, new levels never seen before. Um, you know, you want a CD recycled? Hey, there you go. We'll figure out how to get a CD. You want a cigarette butt recycled? We'll figure out how you to want get it. diapers recycled. We'll Absolutely. figure it out. That's I right. mean, and this is, and this is what TerraCycle does. Now there's, there's a step involved, which often you have to mail stuff to them. You have uh, boxes that you provide for people and there's some, it costs something folks, not let me let me get the word out. And Marta, I'm sure you'll agree with this. Not everything in life is free. Certainly not recycling. Uh, absolutely at, at least not anymore uh so and it probably never should have been uh, but we were trying to suck people into the system and and in chicago as we found out it didn't work um so this is uh for all those folks who say i can't recycle this i can't recycle that TerraCycle can recycle it they'll mm -hmm. figure out how to do it so that leads us to the that's quick story <laughs> of TerraCycle. take us to though i'll let you explain loop um and loop store Tell us what that's all about, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. So, as, uh, and thank you for the context, you know, for gosh, now 18 years. Uh, so, I'm getting older by the minute as well, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've been running TerraCycle. We're, you know, proud that we're in 20 countries nationally. And yes, as you said, Mike, we can recycle just about everything, uh, you know, from dirty diapers to cigarette butts and, you know, you name it, everything in between. And in some cases, you know, these programs are free, uh, funded by brands or retailers. Uh, and in some cases, if we don't have that funding, uh, we would pass it along as a, as a cost. So, do, if you check out TerraCycle, please, please, please start with all the free programs. Programs. Mm -hmm. and there's many of those uh, in the U.S. and in your countries. We, from there, progressed on thinking, okay, if we're helping to recycle, how do we help then integrate waste back into products? Uh, that division started maybe about five years ago, also under the uh, TerraCycle brand. And that brings, you know, ocean plastic into shampoo bottles or uh, all sorts of other things like rock and roll festival waste, you name it. In anywhere recycling previously couldn't exist, we set up some really exciting supply chains. We're even making uh, next year a shampoo bottle made from fast fashion and so on and so forth. Um, and in all these cases, you know, with large brands at meaningful scale. But we asked ourselves, um, as a company dedicated to recycling and making things from recycled materials, is that the answer to waste? Uh, and we realized, uh, this was only three short years ago, that recycling is critically important, but it's only answering the symptom of waste. In other words, it's not challenging the idea of waste. In fact, recycling is the best way to manage waste. But the idea of waste has to exist for recycling to exist. So we took a deeper dive and wanted to understand, you know, where does waste really come from? And where we landed was that 
It really came in the 1950s, which means it's only 70 years old as an idea. I'm sure there's people around who will remember a world, you know, before uh, really disposability came on. And the idea of waste is really predicated on this idea of single use, you know, throwing something, you know, using something once and throwing it out after a ridiculously short life. And back, you know, before the 50s and really, you know, since the dawn of time, almost things were made to be long lasting, durable, reusable. I mean, that was so critically important. You know, uh, just as a quick factoid, um, someone alive in the 1920s, uh, if you look at an average female consumer, would have bought two apparel items per year. Uh, and use them for 100 or sorry use them for 20 years before disposal today it's 67 items per year used three times before disposal so it's not just our soda bottle it's it's everything so the idea of loop um, which has become our third division uh, it was launched just uh, 16 months ago and uh, it's a platform for reuse now what that means is that consumer product companies and we're very happy that so far 400 major brands have joined into the platform it's almost a brand every day so from Tropicana to Haagen-Dazs and everything between Tide laundry detergent you name it are creating now reusable versions of their products so that means that your Tide laundry detergent uh, now there's a version in beautiful stainless steel or your uh, ranch uh, salad dressing now does the version in uh, fantastic reusable glass and uh, or your cascade dish soap in reusable plastic and so the companies create these uh, products we approve them sort of like the idea of organic except imagine for reusable and then we work with retailers like in the United States Kroger and Walgreens and then uh, about a, 10 other retailers around the world uh, to integrate loop into their digital stores first and then their physical stores um, so what that means is uh, today you can go to Kroger's website or Walgreens' website, and you'll be diverted over to loopstore.com, which is the digital uh, platform. And you can order all these products in reusable packaging. It gets delivered to you in a reusable container. And then when you're done, we pick it up. You have no sorting, no cleaning, no nothing. You get to throw it away effectively. And, uh, and then once we pick it up, you get your deposits back. And the really, really exciting uh, sort of growth on Loop, because those online platforms, the first in the world, only launched in May. So this is all very fresh, is that all of our retail partners, starting with Kroger, are going in-store. Uh, so Kroger on the West Coast will start having uh, their retailers have a Loop section where you can buy these products in the store. And then when you're done, you can return them to any participating store to get your deposits back. And uh, what we're trying to encourage is really just as many brands and as many retailers joining into the Loop ecosystem because it's like a snowball effect. The more uh, retailers there are, the more places you can return the Loop packaging. Uh, and the more products there are, the more choices you have. So that's what Loop is all about. Uh, that's just fantastic. And uh, you're smiling, Marta, because this is, uh, <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a dream come true, isn't it? Oh, it's excellent. And it helps the retailers when they open those stores because they're getting foot traffic and they desperately need that. And it takes the whole deposit idea so much further. It's, it's wonderful. But, you know, you talk about the deposit idea. And, and so the first thing that clicks into my brain being who I am is where's the blowback coming from? Who's fighting against this? Is it the plastic manufacturers? Is it the, the, the beverage uh, industry? Because the beverage industry has fought bottle bills throughout the United States for 50, 60 years now. Okay. Um, where, where are you getting blowback from this, if at all, Tom? Gosh, it's a good question. So I just want to reinforce, for, uh, reinforce first what, uh, uh, what Marta said is that Loop is a voluntary deposit system, you know, but at a whole bigger level, right? We're not talking 10 cent deposits. That type container could have a $3 deposit. And actually, the, the really exciting thing is we're seeing within 90 days of purchase, and you know, some products take longer than 90 days to consume, 97% return rates. 
This wow. just reinforces the positive work, you know, and forget being benevolent. Let's just be selfish <laughs> about it. People want their money back. And that's right. absolutely okay to create behavior. Now, you asked, uh, Mike, about, um, you know, pushback. Here's what's interesting. It's not the beverage industry. In fact, every major beverage player in the world is a part of Lou. Coke, Pepsi, Danon, Nestle on the non-alcoholic, but even, uh, you know, companies in beer and spirits. So no worries there. On the packaging side, I, uh, I would have thought there would have been. Uh, but in fact, some of the world's largest plastic uh, packaging companies have invested in Tulu. Now, mm. For example, Aptar, which makes uh, many folks may not know who, who they are, but they make most of the world's pumps and sprayers. They made an uh, investment in Tulu because they want to use this as a platform to develop the world's first reusable pump and sprayer. In fact, we've seen, you know, so far, not really any substantial pushback. What I would say is the challenge of Loop is not that anyone's saying no. You know, brands love it because for them, they know they have to do reuse, right? It's one of their major priorities. But all other alternatives in reuse are incredibly complex, like deploying refill stations and so on. And these are... You're going to have to hold that thought. Sure Can thing. you stick with us for one more segment, Tom? Absolutely. Look forward to it. All right. Tom Zaki. Uh, we'll be back with Mark King at Smite Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. 18-year-old Shia Bastida grew up in a small town outside Mexico City, where she saw the effects of both drought and flooding. Then, when she was 13, she moved to New York City and learned about the damage Hurricane Sandy caused there. She realized global warming affects communities all around the world and felt driven to do something about it. When I saw the first global strike being called, I organized my school and I got 600 kids to walk out with me. I thought that two kids would walk out with me. She says it helped her realize how many other young people are worried and ready to act. Since then, she's helped organize weekly youth climate strikes across the city. Now, because of the coronavirus, youth activists have taken their actions online. A long-planned Earth Day strike is being held digitally with online teach-ins, virtual gatherings, and social media campaigns. Whether young people are on the streets or in cyberspace, Bastida says they bring a sense of energy and optimism to the climate movement. Not in a way in which you are naive about the situation we are in, but just truly believing that when we come together, we can change the world. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. Warren Queen. Okay. okay. A little bit of everything here. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're going to get right back to our conversation about recycling stuff in the age of COVID-19. First, however, 
Uh, we've added another small farm to the Keep Eating Healthy campaign. Backyard patch herbs are grown locally in Addison, Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Addison, Wisconsin. Addison, Illinois. Hello. And uh, it's, uh, it's our friend, our Marcia. Uh, who's got dried herbs and they've been turned into cooking blends. I tell you what, I'm going to be ordering some of this uh, to make some soup mixes. Yeah. yeah, Soup mix at home, herbal teas, herb flavored soup and bread mixes, no gluten, no salt, no preservatives. The herbs are grown chemical free. They even provide recipes and other information on their website. Uh, Another farm we have Cedar Valley sustainable farm CSA. Uh, like a lot of farms, they're adapting on the fly. It's so good to see these businesses like uh, TerraCycle and Loop adapting to situations. Um, and, uh, and they have now online orders. Uh, you can do a little a la carte action. If you have a CSA, there's no charge for additions. For non-members, however, and it's a reason maybe you get a CSA, there's a $5 delivery charge, which is basically nothing uh, for orders under 50 bucks. Uh, but if you're over $50, you get free, safe delivery. And one more great farm, Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery. Peggy, Peggy has taken advantage of that to get some goat cheese. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they have a herd of about 75 milking does. They make seasonal artisan goat cheeses and goat milk gelato. Their goats are pastured. The farm is certified animal welfare approved by a greener world. They even have a stay-at-home gourmet survival kit. And as I always say, goats are cool. All right. So one of these weeks I'll do my goat impersonation, but we oh, have please time just today. do it right no, now. No, 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 quick. no, no. Come on, come no, on. No, 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 I have to practice. You do the other <laughs> impersonations, they're not nearly as good, but the goat is the best. All right. Uh, Click on the what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net to order from all of these great operations. Help us support them while they support us. Go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net for more details. And as we mentioned, we are talking recycling. We've got Tom Zaki on the Zoom machine with Marta Keen. Um, and if Marta's- I can do a quick shout back to our engineers to change the screen on Facebook. All right. Change the screen on Facebook. I have no idea what she's talking about. I don't want to know what she's talking about. Um, but uh, we are uh, we were talking about the loop program and we need to because we're, we're going to have a short time. This is going to go very fast here. One of the things that I've been worried about now for the since the beginning of this pandemic is what's going to happen to our recycling programs. Um, one of the things I got, there's a, there's a site called Recycle by City. And if you go to my blog, you can see the uh, note they sent me this week. They sent a, a newsletter. Marta, you're probably familiar with this as a recycling specialist. People are taking the PPE, meaning gloves, masks, and they're throwing them in the recycling bins. Yes. Yeah, That's and, a- and, you know, people throw the, the darndest things in the recycling bins. There's such confusion about plastic. It really is. And actually just recently taken the tact at will county we're pretty much telling people the only thing you can put in your recycling bin is bottles tubs and jugs and that's it we don't want to hear about the the k cups we don't want to hear about the plastic bags we just just stick with bottles tubs and jugs and and it's unfortunate but that's just the the only way they can process things and keep things clean and um, there's so much confusion about things like straws, but this this uh, has, has caused masks 
and gloves to get thrown not only into the recycling bins, but also all over parking lots, outside grocery stores. It's disgusting. You know, if you're afraid of what's on those gloves, why would you leave somebody else the, the problem of picking them up? So yeah, we, we've been trying to get that word out and we appreciated Recycle by City. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Schumacher from Cook County, uh, she's my peer and she created a really nice graphic that we've used at the Illinois Recycling Association on our website, uh, Facebook page. All right. Uh, and uh, the, the interesting part about that is you're in a business, Tom, that looks at the problems that Marta's having and saying, well, we can recycle that. But the problem is we haven't figured out how to do it on a mass, massive scale. And our, our, our education about it has been horrible for 40 years. People are now so confused about what to throw into a recycling tub. You're, you know, there's a disconnect here because here you are saying we can recycle anything. And people uh, on, uh, you know, uh, with boots on the ground, like Marta, are saying, yeah, that may be so, but it ain't working in our system. You know, how do we reconcile those two things? Gosh, it's a, it's a really good question. I think the most important thing is to take a step back and understand what makes something recyclable and what makes something not recyclable. Why did Marta ask you to collect you know, the bottles, tubs, and jugs? And I think that's absolutely right. What recyclers are focused on is things that they can recycle profitably, where there's a good, positive business equation. And uh, that tends to be the type of objects that you just heard. Now, there are a huge amount of other objects in our lives, from our toothbrush to our uh, plastic gloves. I mean, you name it, that today don't fall into that category. And they don't fall there, not because they can't be recycled, but simply that it costs more to collect and process them than the results are worth. That's why what we do at TerraCycle is we either find companies to fund it, to make it free to consumers, though they are paying behind the scenes, whether that's, say, Walmart doing car seats or Colgate you know, funding toothbrushes and toothpaste tubes, or we say, well, hey, if you want to f- pay for it yourself, individual, you can, and you can buy a zero-waste box or some other uh, equivalent. Now, the, easy, the, the question then is, you know, where does all the confusion come from? And it comes from that, what is recyclable? In other words, what is profitable for garbage companies to recycle changes uh, day by day and changes county by county. So you may uh, move from one location across, you know, the river or the street to another, and it may be different. Uh, And over time, it may change. And that, of course, leads to confusion because things are changing all the time and there's no fundamental consistency. The easiest thing you can do as an individual, right, is buy things that your, your local recycling system wants and stop buying things that your local recycling system doesn't want. In yeah. fact, you should hopefully never need TerraCycle. And well, everything- you know, I, I'm with you there because uh, I will never buy a tub this size of yogurt again in my entire life. Uh, you know, I, I, I urge people not to do that. I also urge them to use your tap, your water, get mm-hmm. water out of your tap rather than, why are you hoarding water bottles? That's just nuts. And yeah. now we're at a point, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to move this agenda forward just a little bit. Um, we're at a point where even some states are shutting down recycling operations yeah. right now. Marta, you, you've noticed that Michigan is one of them, isn't it? So, yeah. So we were, the, the state of Illinois was very fortunate. Governor Fisker immediately said recycling is essential. But we've seen other states that did not do that. And we've also seen some of the waste hauling industry, NWSA is an association, contacted the governor twice in Illinois and asked to allow landscape waste to go back into the land. We've had that ban since 1990. Yeah, and um, and they've tried to say that they'd like to limit recycling. We have a couple of haulers who've gone out and said that if you know somebody in your home 
has COVID, then please place recyclables into your garbage. And there's not any science behind that. That's really fear working. These things are in an abrasive environment. They're tossed around in a truck. They're tossed around by equipment. And there's nothing saying that that virus is going to survive all of that before they even get to where they get cleaned and made new products. And I don't know if Tom, you want to talk about when things come and what happens when you're refilling. I'm, Peggy, I'm going to ask you to mute your mic for a second because I think the dog is cutting into the audio. So, um, uh, Tom, uh, yeah, we've got like a minute and a half here. So, you know, we're, we're, we can't have a situation where things get harder to do during this. And you're saying that uh, folks are going to worry about contamination. You don't think that's an issue right now? Well, so, so yeah, um, absolutely. I think, you know, if it's done properly, uh, to what Martha was saying, there should be no fundamental issue in, in recycling. Now, what's happening, and I think that's very important, is that um, we are right now scared. We are focused on health and safety as, uh, you know, as, as very appropriate. And uh, uh, in some cases, you know, recyclers are very worried, uh, you know, whether justified on science or not, right, on uh, the health and safety of their workers. And we do have to keep that paramount. I think the important thing, if we take a step back, uh, is not necessarily to worry too much about what happens during COVID. It's going to be you know, nuts and we will get through it. The question is what happens on the other side? And uh, today we are, as people, buying way more disposable things as we live at home. Uh, our volume of disposable consumption is, ex- is extremely high. And most recycling uh, systems around the world, not just in the United States, are not recycling right now for various reasons. So hold on to your recyclables as much as you can and wait for the systems to get back to normal and then start recycling and buy things that are recyclable. That's, that really makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Good for you. You took the wrap-up sign. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Tom Zaki. Go to TerraCycle.com. Go to WillCounty.Green. Marta Keen, thank you guys both for being on the show. We need to talk about this some more. Uh, Rick DeMaio Weather coming up. You're in charge of hiring and indeed has solutions, like online skills tests, which let a candidate show that they're the right hire. Indeed will also give you this sticky frog, which will suddenly leap and stick to the face of the perfect hire. Okay, there's no sticky frog. But skills tests, that's a for sure. See why independent research by Silk Road shows Indeed delivers three times more hires than any other job site. Visit Indeed.com slash promo today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. You can help celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day from the comfort and safety of your own home. The One Earth Film Festival is putting the power of we online and it's free. The Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival in partnership with the City of Chicago features six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film and community online, but discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate Earth Day with your friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net or also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. 
this is Mike Novak. For weeks, Peggy and I have been talking about how easy it is to support clean energy thanks to Hero Power. And now they're backing that up by offering you $25 off to join the Hero Power Clean Energy Program. You get 100% of your electricity consumption matched with Green E certified renewable energy certificates every time you pay your electric bill. Plus, you'll never pay more than the ComEd rate. You'll know where your money is going without extra costs or termination fees. Your bill doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. You still pay the ComEd basic electric rate. Sign up in less than two minutes and Hero Power will handle the rest. Plus, you can get a $25 credit off your first bill when you sign up and mention that you heard about Hero Power on the Mike Novak Show. Support clean energy now at MyHeroPower.com. I switched. You should too. Go to MyHeroPower.com. Yeah, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I uh, just want to mention, wow, that was a great conversation with Tom mm-hmm. Zaki and Marta Keen. We have uh, Alderman Scott Waggis back uh, watching the show this morning. Uh, he says that gloves and masks are being dumped all over the curbs, recycling bins too, and they end up in our sewer system, in the waterways, and ultimately in our clean water. Thanks for pointing that out. Utter arrogance to throw these on the ground. I don't know what that's about. That is just, it's thick. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I what I are people even, thinking? Who's going to be, they're not, someone's there, picking it no, up behind them? No thinking involved in that at all. And the point we wanted to make that we really didn't get to make, to make with Tom and uh, TerraCycle is TerraCycle will recycle PPE. That's the other thing. You can collect your PPE and send it to TerraCycle. It will be recycled. Yeah, you so need to contact them to get their box and just go to TerraCycle.com yep. and you can get all that uh, information. Uh, it is time to talk weather and climate with meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Boy, has this been a busy morning, but I'm glad you're with us because I can calm down a little bit, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I miss that. You- are, are you guys talking about PT again? <laughs> about what? No. Good I, morning, I, Rick. Okay. <laughs> oh, PT, PTE. I got. It, I got. It. Oh, I, I, I yeah, missed yeah. the E there. Uh, you know, you could take uh, the 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 most high-minded show, Rick, and <laughs> immediately let all the air out of it. No, I I invoke a lot of you know provocative thoughts. You know, but, but here's, here's, here's a really interesting thing I can pick. I'm walking into Jewel this morning, and it's about 8.30. And I made sure that, um, you know, I, I recognize the time when the elderly people are in there. I think they've kind of relaxed it a little bit. But there is a can, I think it was a soda can, blowing across the, the parking lot because it was you know, rather windy. And, you know, normally I would go and pick it up and throw it out. And I looked at it, I went, hmm. That can, to me, could be infected. And you know what I did? I didn't pick it up. And I felt, I felt horrible about that. 
I get it. I, I yeah. absolutely, and this is what we're talking about. And this is, you know, in the yeah. previous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are, are you in a cave, Rick? You're echoing. Um, really no, but I could, I can, I can go outside if you want. I could do that. <laughs> well, it, it is a little <laughs> echoey there. It does sound like you're like, are you moving and you're taking all the furniture out of your home? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I'm moving. I'm, I'm outside now. How's that better? better. Oh yeah. That's a lot better. Good. Okay. All right, much better. All right. It's, hey, all right, so let's talk a, weather. So, so go on. What was that? I just say it's a beautiful day. So you should want to be outside. Well, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm up against the clock here. I'm, I'm teaching a bunch of classes and I got to have my, my next part of my textbook finished by the 11th of, of May. And, and what did we decide to do in the month of April when you're supposed to stay in move, right? So I, I have, I have yeah. nothing going on. guys. <laughs> So, but anyway, so go go on, go on. Oh, I just got no. You you go with what you were going to say. I'll follow your stream of consciousness. That's fine with me. All right. So um, snow again on Thursday, three point oh inches. That was the third heaviest snow of the year after the Halloween snow and the Veterans Day snow. And Mike and Peg, I was doing some number crunching here because you know I love to play around with meteorological data. And we've, we're so far up to 34.8 inches of snow for the year, which most likely is going to be it, all right? Normal is 36.2. Was this anywhere near a normal winter in Chicago? I think everybody knows the answer there, right? It no. didn't feel like it. If you look at sure the amount of snow, right, if you look at the amount of snow that actually fell after the month or after the 1st of March and before the 1st of December, which is technically your non winter months, it came out to 16.3 inches. So if you add up the snow we had in October, November, and March and April, it was actually almost 55% of the seasonal snow. So we're getting these snows now early and late, but overall the snow season is almost at or somewhat close to above normal, even though we, we didn't have much snow this year because we had a lot of you know, warm temperatures. But one thing I've been noticing, I went back and looked at, you know, snowfall numbers all the way back to 1870. And out of the 20 snowiest Aprils, seven of them have occurred in the last 15 years. Isn't that weird? Seven of them. So one of the things that, yeah, one of the things that's interesting about a changing climate is when you get into the months of March and April, it is so difficult to try to take current weather patterns and teach students about a warming climate when they go, uh, Mr. DeMaio, it snowed yesterday. So we almost have to go back to that highly variable stage of weather that we had in October and then also in the month of April. And then you start to talk about how this affects farmers and how this affects gardeners because tomorrow, 80% of the time is when we get our last freeze is on, is on the 20th of April. And it looks like most likely we are probably done with freezing temperatures so far this month and hopefully this season in Chicago. Well, we, you know, so. I came out into the backyard last week and uh, the water was frozen there. So <laughs> you're saying we won't have that again. Yeah, the birdbath has yeah, had a skim of ice yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that, Peg, but it does look like the pattern gets a little bit more active. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't look like we're going to get into these, you know, polar surges and Arctic surges. I think we're definitely done with the snow, but the chances of getting a hard freeze when you're getting down to 28 degrees is probably less than 30%. So 
So if people want to get out, and I know a lot of people are like going crazy by being inside, probably today, I know yesterday was beautiful, today just as good, um, and then much of the next three or four days look pretty good as well from a standpoint of getting out and into the garden. And, and getting some sunlight. All right, well, let's uh, give us a and, forecast. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so we cool front, yeah, we cool front will come through the next few hours. Temperatures will probably fall back in the mid to upper 40s along the lakefront. We're right now in the mid 50s, so a little bit of a cool down. Uh, back up into the mid 50s tomorrow, and then it looks like 60s on Wednesday after a cool day on Tuesday, uh, and then back into the upper 40s on Thursday before we warm up again. So, bottom line, upper 40s to low 60s, which is normal for this time of year, but I think we're done with the snow, and I think we're done with the freezing temperatures. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Mr. DeMaio. We will, good luck with the move. We yeah, will good talk luck. to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All righty. I want to thank everybody on the show today. Kim Ironman, Ty Benefield, Joe Barzak, Sean Ruane, Tom Zaki, Marta Keen. Wow. I want to thank Michael and uh, Randall over there. And, of course, uh, Hannah and Kayla. Until next time, go green or go home and stay there. Yeah, really. Keep washing your hands and put the mask on, okay? Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.